Welcome to the podcast, NGSS and Beyond. I am your host, Carrie Williams, and I look forward to sharing some of my understanding about NGSS and other STEM-related topics for teachers with very busy lives. Not everyone has time to check out blog posts and their Twitter feeds, so hopefully you can find some time on your way to work or on your lunch break for quick professional learning opportunities in 10 minutes or less. So thanks for joining and let's get started. Welcome to our next podcast. This one is on the cross-cutting concepts or sometimes what I refer to as the most forgotten dimension of the three dimensions. I really love this topic. The cross-cutting concepts I find are essential to three-dimensional learning because they really seem to be the glue that holds student thinking together or helps them make connections. Really, the cross-cutting concepts are often used as a scaffold to help students think in a certain way or as a lens to look at phenomenon to help explain their thinking. Eventually, of course, we want students to be able to call upon these cross-cutting concepts in their normal conversation while they talk to people about science um, so that they're scientifically literate. I mean, this is our really our goal in the end of all this is that students will be able to use these three dimensions independently. In a framework for K-12 science education, it states that although cross-cutting concepts are fundamental to an understanding of science and engineering, students are often expected to build such knowledge without any explicit instructional support. And we've seen this through many years of teaching science that we know that cause and effect and their structure and function and energy flow and matter flow within the topics that we are teaching but it hasn't been explicitly pointed out or used as a lens to explain student thinking. So by adding the cross-cutting concept as a third dimension, we're really being asked to use this cross-cutting concept intentionally in an intentional and purposeful way. So by recognizing this dimension explicitly for its ability to aid in organizing student thinking, We are intentionally prompting students to use the cross-cutting concepts as tools as they figure out explanations to phenomenon and design solutions. One strategy I've seen used quite often to develop students' ability to think using the lens and language of a cross-cutting concept are through the use of a graphic organizer. One of the first sets of graphic organizers I found that utilize the cross-cutting concepts to help students organize their thinking in order to explain a phenomenon was out of Northeast Georgia on their science website developed by Amy and Jeremy Peacock. And you will find many examples on this website about how to embed the cross-cutting concepts such as cause and effect into an investigation. So it's not just used as a standalone, but it's used as a scaffold to help organize thinking and then hopefully develop an understanding that they can then construct an explanation from. So it's a scaffold to help them think in a certain way. By explicitly calling out cause and effect as a relationship that students should be looking for within the investigation, students are then better able to recognize the patterns of cause and effect and therefore help them write and construct a final explanation. Another version of these graphic organizers can be found on the Wonder of Science website created by Paul Anderson, who is also well known for his science YouTube videos, Bozeman Science. 
And they are great resources if you're looking to scaffold the cross-cutting concepts into your lessons. But more often than not, I find that teachers and curriculum developers are thinking that they are including the cross-cutting concepts into their instruction or their curricula, but really the cross-cutting concepts are more implied. They assume that students are picking up on the cause and effect relationships within an investigation, but because it's not explicitly pointed out to students, we may or may not be sure that they are actually picking that up or because they're looking at structure and function when they're observing animals or researching animals and the way they eat. uh, We think that structure and function is within our lessons, but because we haven't explicitly pulled student awareness to the language and ideas of structure and function, we cannot be sure that they're actually using that lens or that tool to help them explain their thinking. So it's super important that we explicitly acknowledge the cross-cutting concepts and use them with intentional purpose. Another scaffold that can be used to help students use cross-cutting concepts to explain their thinking is to provide question prompts or sentence starters. One way I've heard of teachers doing this is by creating table tents, just a triangle folded piece of paper that has different cross-cutting concept sentence starters on each side. And so then you ask your students to turn the tent to, let's say, structure and function or energy and matter flow and use some of those sentence starters to help them talk about whatever you're trying to figure out in your class together using that cross-cutting concept. A great place to learn more about the cross-cutting concepts is Appendix G of the framework. It explains more about each of the seven cross-cutting concepts, and it most importantly explains the progression of the cross-cutting concepts across the grades. So just like the other two dimensions, the cross-cutting concepts build in complexity and sophistication as they go through the grade levels. Another interesting way to look at the cross-cutting concepts as if they were a lens in which students can view phenomenon or design solutions through to help them explain their thinking. For example, let's say we introduce students to the phenomenon of the reintroduction of the wolves in Yellowstone, how it changed the land and water formations when the wolves were reintroduced into the region. So if we look at this phenomenon through the lens of the cross-cutting concept patterns, we would look for patterns in the way the land changed or patterns in the way the animals reproduced or anything that showed patterns in the data that was collected. So that's one way to look at this phenomenon. Another way to look at it would be through the lens of cause and effect, the cross-cutting concept of cause and effect. This might help students explain the predator-prey relationships and how this affected the land and water relationships. The cross-cutting concept of scale, proportion, and quantity could help students explain why this phenomenon took a certain amount of time. Was it quick? Was it slow? How much time did it take? And also quantity of species or animals that were in the area. How did the number of wolves or other species contribute to this phenomenon? The cross-cutting concept of system and system models could be used to help students explain 
how this phenomenon is occurring within a system and the components and relationships within the system, how energy and matter flow within the system, and how that affects the uh, overarching phenomenon. The cross-cutting concept of energy and matter would help explain how the earth physically changed over time using energy and how that energy flows through organisms, through food chains. The cross-cutting concept of structure and function could be used as a lens to help students explain their thinking about why some species are really good predators and while, while others are very good at grazing. And how does this help explain the phenomenon? The cross-cutting concept of stability and change might help students explain why there are periods of time with quick changes, while then there's other periods of time that are very stable. What are the conditions to create stability in Yellowstone? And why did it change so much when the wolves were reintroduced? So each cross-cutting concept provides a different way of looking at the phenomenon. And I can imagine in elementary school, we're just happy if we have one or two cross-cutting concepts that we develop within a unit. We really want to focus and develop students' ability to use the cross-cutting concepts in those younger years. But when they get to high school, these cross-cutting concepts can really be used as a way to help explain phenomenon from multiple different lenses. They may, may even have a final explanation that combines these lenses together. So we are here at the end of our time together talking about the cross-cutting concepts. I hope you uh, learn something new, and most importantly, I hope you now feel more empowered to use cross-cutting concepts in your classroom. Thanks for listening. 